Hey guys, welcome to Not at Dinner, the podcast where we talk about politics, religion, and everything else you're not supposed to talk about in polite company. I'm Link, your host for this podcast, and today I am joined by YouTube's The Scenes' Molly Benjaminson, and we're going to talk about who is a better liberal, who's better at being progressive than the other. Um, We'll talk about what happened in 2016, what's happening now, and what's going to happen in 2020. So, uh, Molly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. For sure. Um, I will let you introduce yourself since you're probably better at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, my name is Molly Benjaminson. Um, I am, this is my first podcast appearance of, I assume, many when I become super famous. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm relatively politically interested but not necessarily savvy so it will be interesting to see what comes out of my mouth so on that note do you identify anywhere on the political spectrum in terms of liberal or conservative or democrat or republican or all neither somewhere in between yeah i am a liberal democrat definitely leaning towards the socialism aspect of the spectrum are you a registered democrat i am wow you have to be in oregon (laughs) Which is where you live, right? I do live in Oregon. That is correct. To vote in the primaries in Oregon, you have to be a registered Democrat. That's not true in all states. So just as a note, in some states, Michigan being one of them, you don't have to be registered for a political party to vote in their primaries. So I didn't know that. Okay. So you call yourself a Democrat. I do. (laughs) So were you also living in Oregon in 2016? I was not. I was living living in Massachusetts. Fancy. I mean... Sure. I was living in a small town called Malden, which is about an hour outside of Boston uh, in a basement apartment. Very fancy. Very cool. Very cool. And um, so Massachusetts had a Democratic and a Republican primary because the incumbent couldn't run again, Obama. Um, You're a registered Democrat, so I assume you voted in the Democratic primary. I did. So let's start here. What was your general kind of feeling or vibe during the 2016 election were you like stoked were you annoyed do you feel like it went on too long kind of like how did you feel um incredulous i guess uh very good word choice thank you (laughs) um i mean the fact that someone like trump could make it as far as trump did was surprising to me just in general um sure same yeah and then i i mistakenly assumed that it was like ridiculous and he had no chance anyway and everything would be fine and that we would have our first female president yeah i mean i very distinctly remember having a conversation with someone like we were walking to a friend's house to watch the results and i was like there's no way like there's no way this is so stupid like why do we even need to watch And then, like, watching and being like, oh, this is why we need to watch. Right. Okay. So nobody expected Trump to get as far as he did. Yeah. I distinctly remember having a conversation myself with a friend uh, during the primaries. And towards the end of the primary, when I started to get the feeling Trump was going to win, I texted her and I said, what if he wins? And she said, he's not going to win. Don't worry about it. Plus, if he wins, he'll just get impeached really quickly. We were wrong. So, oops. Um, but, so before that, we had the Democratic primary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because of what was going on in the, like, Republican circle, it it mattered less to me almost, like, who was fighting for, like, the top spots in the Democratic Party because it was like, well, one of them is going to win. It was, like, almost more interesting to, like, watch what was happening in the Republican Party because it was like, (laughs) how could this even happen? Like, how can we be here? You know what I mean? Like, in a way, I remember more about what was happening with the Republicans. Yeah. Please don't ask me names. But I remember more about that than I do, like, what was happening with the Democrats because it was almost like, I know who I would pick, and if that person doesn't get picked, it's fine. I'm going to both the person who gets picked anyway i mean it's not fine like i would in my ideal world want my person to be picked but if not i'm gonna vote for whoever that person is anyway because it's better than any yeah person from the other side in that squabble right and as a person who's a registered democrat you kind of were just like i'm gonna vote for the democrat yeah i just wish it was go on someone else okay so in the 
primary, mm-hmm. which candidate was your preference? Bernie. Why? I felt that Bernie had been taking a stand on things that I cared about for longer than Hillary had. And I felt like his messages had been genuine for his whole time in any kind of political spotlight. I, while as a woman, I want to support any woman running for president because that would be great. I didn't agree with everything that Hillary stood for. And I felt that a lot of things that she said she stood for, she switched to much later than Bernie. And to me, just looking at two people, and you can only judge them by like what they say and what they've said, Bernie felt like a more honest person to me. And um, honest, okay, not necessarily honest in the things that he was like saying, but honest in the person that he was. He like had been the same person with the same stance his whole political career. And that to me was appealing. I wanted someone who like was who they said they were. Yeah. And that was a big draw for me. In the primaries. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm also a registered Democrat, but reluctantly. I also live in Oregon. And when I found out that the only way to vote in the primaries was to register as a Democrat, I did. But up until the 2016 primaries, I had never registered with one political party or another. And I never had intended to. So... Yes, I'm a Democrat, officially, on paper, but I voted for a variety of parties. Not to date myself, but back in my day, (laughs) uh, I don't recall the Republican Party being quite as intense, I guess is a good word for it. And I think in some, like, local elections, I I voted for Republicans. Um, I think with where we are now, it's gotten a little out of hand. Um... But in the primary in 2016, I voted for Hillary. The state of Oregon went for Bernie. Um, What specific issues do you think Bernie had on Hillary? From what I can recall, and I readily admit that I could be wrong because I don't remember them anymore. I do recall that I did do research on it before I came to that conclusion. From what I can recall, um, Bernie had been a supporter of gay marriage for much longer than Hillary Clinton had, uh, legalizing abortion, from what I can recall, for longer than Hillary had, uh, education. Uh, uh-huh. That was He's, a big one for him. Yeah, his stance on education, especially I was a college student at the time, so sure, I'm going to be very interested in that. Um, thank you for checking my memory. So yeah, so gay marriage, abortion, education were like the three things that I remember stood out to me. Um, also, in general, his opinions um, on economic issues were more interesting. Uh, interesting is not the word I'm looking for, but were more in line with what I would want out of our economic situation. Coming as the child of two people who worked in government, one of whom was economically focused. That was interesting to me. Uh, Hillary has a famous uh, stance on abortion, which is that she is pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's she, good. Yeah. Uh, she's been pro-choice for a long time. That's good, too. Um, but she famously thinks that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Mm. Yeah, that's the... Mm. I feel like when someone says that, the only thing you can do as someone who believes that it should be pro-choice for anyone in any circumstances go, hmm. Because it's like, close, I'll take it, but hmm. You know what I mean? I can understand what you mean. I have a complicated relationship with the concept of abortion, but that's another podcast. Um, I, yes, I think Hillary was much more conservative on the concept of abortion than Bernie, but I think also it's interesting because, like, if we talk about, like, liberal or not, like, we're splitting hairs, right? Like, both candidates are pro-choice. but, like, saying that it's splitting hairs kind I mean... That is what choosing a candidate from one party is all about. Like, you have to split hairs. 
like again i you know i voted for hillary it's not that i would not have voted for hillary in the general you mean yeah, yeah yes thank you for clarifying but if i could split hairs i would have chosen somebody else sure it's not to say that i'm i don't support hillary or i didn't support hillary at the time but i would have chosen somebody else so like this whole splitting hairs thing like what exactly did they say about one stance even if they're both on the same page when did they say what they say about what stance did they ever flip like those things about splitting hairs i mean it does kind of matter in the primaries yeah that's the point of the primaries yeah, arguably right exactly so like this whole splitting hairs on like her exact stance on abortion like to me it does matter cuz also what you s- when you are in running for any kind of office, when you're in any office, any position of power, you have to be really careful what you say. And so if, you know, she says that, that is her platform now. And so, so what that's would... what we have to take her at. Like, that's sure. the face value. Yeah. And arguably, I will give you that. Taking Hillary at face value is hard because she's had so many different opinions. Yeah. But I would also say that she's been in politics so long and she's been in so many tough situations from the point of point of view in terms of being like she was the first lady and like that's kind of complicated and being a woman in politics is complicated and she was a senator during 2001 in new york city so like she's had a lot of stuff she's had to deal with that changes opinions so wouldn't couldn't it be argued because one point you brought up which i think is a good point is bernie sanders to my recollection has been supportive of gay marriage for I'm going to say ever, but I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say since the 60s. I'm pretty sure you can quote me on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for a very long time. Whereas Hillary kind of... So Hillary was married to Bill Clinton when Bill Clinton passed the Defense of Marriage Act, Mm -hmm. which effectively banned gay marriage. Mm -hmm. And Hillary was married to Bill Clinton when he passed Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which effectively banned gay people from being able to be in the military. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't necessarily outspoken about disagreeing with him. Yeah. Though... I'm going to be careful not to blame Hillary for her husband's actions. Right. It is the case that... They are two separate people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she was a public figure and she didn't speak out against what he was doing. Yeah. But isn't it the case that people can change? Oh, for sure. I mean, I I love changing (laughs) personally, like on a personal level. Um, Like day clothes to pajamas? That came out really weird. No, like, I mean, I move all the time. I change jobs all the time. I love new experiences. I like learning new things. I don't like boredom. I'm not really a fan of routine. Like, I 100%, I mean, yeah, again, without going, like, too much into, like, my whole backstory and childhood sob story. I'm kidding. It was a very happy story. Um, Like, I, I, I love to embrace change. However, <laughs> as with everything in life, I feel like there is a time and a place and depending on what you do, change can be a really negative thing. And I think in the case of being a politician, changing your stance can be a very challenging step to make. It can be a good thing if it happens, you know, occasionally and you move to a stance that like we agree with, sure. But if you change all the time as a politician, that says something about you like changing all the time as a politician is very different than changing all the time as like an employee at a tech company for example yeah so someone like bernie who doesn't really change anything about like what they say or what they believe in comes across as like a very genuine human being and someone who you want to be speaking for you whereas someone who who you want to be speaking for you yeah okay in like a leadership government role not like in my personal life. I don't want like to follow Bernie around everywhere and like have him say everything I'm thinking. Please, do actually, that. that would be really. Yeah, I'm not that. actually totally against. I'll that. be waiting. Uh, Bernie, call me. But you know, in Hillary's case, it unfortunately has this sort of like poisonous effect in in my eyes. This is my own personal opinion, of course. Sure. Has a poisonous effect on her career because it makes it difficult to trust what she says. Like, how do you know that this new platform that she's changed to even if it's something that you support like her moving from as far as we know not saying anything about gay marriage to supporting gay marriage like that's great i do want her to support gay marriage it's one of many examples where it's like "Mm, but like why are you just saying that because we want to hear that are you just saying that because 
are you saying that because you genuinely feel that way which is great but how can how can we know so here's a question okay so you said you were a college student college student in 2016 yes i was (laughs) so double check my own math it's safe to say you didn't vote in 2008 correct but you did vote in 2012 i yes yes i did okay so but only for the general election because i did not live in the states during the time of any election before that got it would you have been old enough to vote in 2008 had you lived in the states no okay so you wouldn't have been old enough to vote even had you lived here correct because okay so you said your parents work in government they got absentee ballots you can they did vote my whole when you life live overseas no correct yes absolutely yeah i was not old enough either yeah um okay so in 2012 yes you voted for in the general o- obama okay <laughs> I, I voted for obama yes do you know that in 2008 when obama was running he did not support gay marriage i did not know that he believed that he wasn't against it um maybe civil unions were okay but you know his religion is really important to him he's a christian and he felt that he wasn't really sure if gay marriage was something he wanted to support but he was evolving it was kind of like became a joke that he was evolving and he evolved by the time we got to 2012 he supported gay marriage and by the time we got to 2015 gay marriage was legal so he evolved very Mm -hmm. quickly um so in your argument to say was hillary just changing for political gain it could be argued that obama was just changing for political gain yeah totally i mean i didn't know that so it makes it hard to factor that into my argument sure the only thing that i could say is like maybe with his starting statement being as as you said to quote you because i only have you as the fact so i hope you're right um that he wasn't sure how he felt about it but that he was changing or is evolving uh, evolving sorry excuse me i gotta get that right apparently i don't get the if joke, there had been maybe, memes in but... 2008 the fact oh. that he was evolving would have been a meme oh anyone who listens to my podcast that's old er then you <laughs> anyways go on uh, what i think would be interesting to see would be like a chart of how many times or in or just like what stances politicians changed on over time i think that would be super interesting to see i think you should make one and put it on your website so we can see like the stances that barack obama had supposedly when he started running for like the his first primary only primary only primary uh through his two terms and then we could see like hillary's and we could see Bernie's. I think that would be like a really cool, and maybe some others as well, but maybe we'll get to that when we talk about the future. Um, I think that would be a cool thing to see, just like factually black and white, because I, I don't have an answer to your question. I think it is like an opinion-based thing in my experience, because my experience in politics really only started in 2012 in like my own, being autonomous enough to vote, legally able to as well. Um, so I only know like what I've really seen from then. So I am mix- missing a lot of context. Yeah. For sure. Especially because my first time voting was in a re-election year. Interesting. So I don't, so maybe I don't know. Maybe my poll perception of Hillary would be totally different if I knew all of the backstory as intimately as I did starting from like 2012 and moving forwards. That, I, I would say that would be the case because my, I don't want to say my relationship with Hillary I did not vote in any of the times Bill Clinton ran. I wasn't old enough. Okay. But I recall very well Bill Clinton's re-election. I'm saying it slowly because I'm trying to remember. Anyone who's listening, I'm talking about the time... That Bill Clinton was running, and so was Bob Dole and Ross Perot. And I'm 99% sure that that was Bill Clinton's re-election. I believe you. But I remember that. We had, like, a mock vote in school, and I voted for Bill Clinton. Um, As a note, I'm not sure that I would vote for Bill Clinton as a full-grown adult who knows a lot of things about his life story, but as a child who didn't know as much, and I think as a country we didn't know as much, we didn't have the Internet in the way we do now. 
I voted for him in you a lived in a time election. without the internet uh no but I did live in a time without Twitter but I remember Hillary mm-hmm. more I remember Hillary more strongly than I remember Bill in fact I can say that any support I had for Bill was because I really liked Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. at the time Hillary Clinton was just uh a first lady Bill was a governor, then he wasn't a governor, then he was the governor again, and then he ran for president. Um, so Hillary had been the first lady for the duration of that time. Originally, she didn't want to change her last name, mm-hmm. and she did because Bill Clinton couldn't win re-election if he, in case you're wondering about sexism, the voters couldn't see Bill as a strong leader if he wasn't able to convince his wife to change mm-hmm. her last name. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. Listen, it was the 90s. Um, yeah, it was a wild time. Yeah, it was a different time. Um, but she, so she did. She did end up changing her last name, and that's why she's known as Hillary Rodham Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she became the very first first lady to ever become a senator. Mm-hmm. She was a junior senator in New York when nine eleven happened. Her approval ratings were through the roof because she did so well during that time. Um, and then. She ran for president, lost to Obama, became Obama's secretary of state. In Obama's second term, Hillary was replaced with John Kerry. Hillary was a private citizen for four years and then decided to run for president again. So that's kind of Hillary's story. Mm -hmm. So having watched her go through all of that, I felt more that Hillary had the resume that, from my perspective and my opinion only, Bernie didn't have. That was where I ended up landing is like, and I also think because of all that, it would have been really hard for me. I kind of went into it like I'm going for Hillary unless something happens dramatic enough to turn me away. Whereas like you went into it not knowing as much about her. And so she had to sell you starting from zero. So it's a very different kind of like relationship with the concept of Hillary Clinton, who is depending on your opinion positive or negative an american icon even if you if even if you dislike hillary it's fair to say that she deserves history book status i I would like to clarify yeah please do uh i don't dislike hillary okay i would have preferred bernie got it i think that hillary is very qualified and and as you say like yeah has a an amazing political resume when it comes to picking a primary a you know a party candidate uh i i went with the person that i preferred which is not to say that i disliked the other option fair i just preferred bernie that being said when hillary won it wasn't, I did not have the same feeling when Hillary won that I did when Trump won. So I don't dislike Fair. Hillary <laughs> in for the rest of the sentence here. Um, and you said in the, when the general came around yes. in Massachusetts, you were still in Massachusetts. I was, yes. And you voted for Hillary. I did, yes. If we could only have all come together and seen that, oh, we all have to vote for the same person so that we don't get the other person. Maybe we would be in a different scenario, but also why do we have to have that other person to begin with? I'm just saying. A fair question. Mm. That's a conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other. How much time do you have? (laughs) Um, (sighs) Great. Well, okay. We're going to take a break. All right. And when we come back. We're going to talk about 2018. The present day. Um, which we thought was going to be better than 2016. And here we are. And here we are. <laughs> and then we'll talk about 2020, which I'm really looking forward the to. The future. Um, so, great. We will be right back. for an all-in-one DIY platform? Check out squarespace.com. Build it. Be- okay. okay, stop. Just kidding. <laughs> that was pretty good, though, right? Woo, that was sorry. amazing. That was pretty good. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, during the break, 
Uh, my name is Molly Benjaminson. I run a YouTube channel called The Scene. You should check it out. A new video every two weeks. We take a look at very short scenes from some of my favorite movies. So if you like my opinions, you like might like my movies. Um, you also might not, but hopefully you can learn something about lighting, cinematography, camera movement, stuff like that. If you want to find some links or even check out a video, take a look at notatdinnerpodcast.com where you'll find all the information about my YouTube channel as well as a ton of information about this podcast, which is so much better than my YouTube channel. In addition, you'll also find information about my favorite book called Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood. If you haven't heard of it, get your head out of the sand. It's super popular right now. Um, just gonna say I've been a Margaret fan since forever. Literally have read every book she's written. I've seen her talk a couple times. She is the person, I mean, I love my grandma, but I would also like Margaret as my grandmother. Um, yeah, it's really great. Dystopian future. It's in some ways politically relevant to the time that we live in now, just because it's a kind of terrible world. And here we are also in a terrible world, um, but it's just really good. It's actually a series of three books, but Anyway, gonna cut myself off on that one. Let's get back to it. Very cool. You can find that book on notatdinnerpodcast.com also. That's correct. You can find it at notatdinnerpodcast.com. All right. Welcome back. We have been talking about what happened in 2016. Bernie, Hillary, Massachusetts, Boston. Um, but now we're going to talk about 2018. Mm-hmm. What we're going through right now. And... And we'll talk about 2020. Let's do it. That's going to be the most positive part of this podcast. Let's do it. So right now, mm-hmm. uh, we're recording this podcast on October 25th, 2018. So while we're in the process of voting, the f- midterms haven't completed. Correct. Okay. Um, I'm your official fact checker. And Donald Trump is president. If you're listening to this... <laughs> Four years from now. Send help. Please. <laughs> if you have a time machine to take me back. Um, <sighs> I voted for Hillary, so I did my part. <laughs> we already established who I voted for as well. Um, so, how are you feeling? Right now? Good. Politically. Oh. In 2018. <laughs> not good. Not, not good. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, losing hope rapidly. Sure. And the starting point was low for the hope aspect of things. Um, I, you know, I'm still hoping that Mueller comes out with that that report any day now. It's going to be kicked out any day now. So Mueller did say that he's going to release some kind of information after the midterms. Yes. I don't know what to make of that. I guess I'm not, I'm, I don't want to read too much into it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we had the whole big drama with James Comey coming out right before the election. So maybe Mueller doesn't want to get himself into kind of like that debacle of like, should he or shouldn't he have, you know, I think the timing was weird for James Comey, but like the information he had was important. So maybe Mueller doesn't want to get himself into that kind of pickle and wants to wait. Um, yeah, I don't know. You don't like Donald Trump. Not a huge fan. Same. Um, as a podcast, I try to remain somewhat centered or at least somewhat understanding of the other side. Um, I'm not required to do so. You're though. not required to do so. And I also okay. just want to make sh- sure that it's clear that, like, while I do respect other opinions and this podcast in general respects the other side, I think Donald Trump is a different part of that conversation. Um, and while my platform is small... I do have one and it's important that I use it to say like what Donald Trump is doing is unequivocally wrong most of the time it's not a matter of like opinion because he's encouraging violence and um he's just doing things that aren't really like a conversation that's like oh let's debate this or or respect one another's disagreement so I also dislike Donald Trump I didn't think he would win you didn't think he would win. Yeah, I did not. Um, I think during the primaries in 2016, we all felt like, well, Bernie or Hillary are going to be president. So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had a 
I remember having a conversation with someone right before uh, the results, right before we even went to watch the results of the election. And I was like, oh, there's no way. Like, there's just no way. It's ridiculous. Like, in what world? In Apparently, what world? in this, this world. world. This very world. Yeah. And um, if you listen to the trailer, you know that I'm originally from the Midwest. So. Me too. No, I'm not. No, you're not. I'm not. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm originally from the Midwest. So while I was living on the West Coast at the time of the election, I struggled a lot with the decisions that were made in those states. Um, because I have a lot of respect for folks that live there and I, I'm not still really sure what happened. Um, but here we are. So I guess what are your thoughts on this kind of like really big question that everyone seems to be asking that there's not really an answer for which is where do we go from here what do we do how can we when we're kind of feeling like our voices didn't count we already tried voting for hillary or bernie both of whom would be better presidents we already tried voting for better senators and better reps and nevertheless here we are is there even anything we can do besides voting go vote yeah, I mean, if I had the answer, I should run, right? But, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, vote again. <laughs> More people should vote this time than did last time. I think, okay, so this is maybe my own personal rant, but it's kind of a good rant. I would say if there was one silver lining, and it's a very thin silver lining to Trump winning. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a great way to start any conversation. If there is a silver lining, it is that more people, especially young people, are aware of the importance of voting now than, in my experience, I have ever seen before. I agree. And again, very thin silver lining, but I think more people are going to vote, you know, hopefully during the midterms, the midterms matter too, but certainly in the next big election. I think more people and more young people are going to vote in that election, this is a prediction, than have voted in previous elections. Certainly the couple that led up to, like I remember in my experience, at almost every election I feel like there were conversations about how few young people were actually coming out to yeah. vote and like how much of a big deal that was. And there didn't seem to be a way to like bridge the gap or make it plain why it was important. And if anything seeing Trump win has made it plain to a lot of people that like, oh, it matters. And like, there is a reason why we vote. And yeah, so it's energized people. Yeah. On one side. So it seems simple to say like, oh, how do we fix it? Like we just vote. I think we have to like look forwards and make really good decisions moving forwards. I think too that more there needs to be more impetus and more focus on bridging the gap than there has been, which is one reason I think this podcast is so interesting. I think there will be a natural tendency to want to put a very left-leaning Democrat in the role when it comes to facing off against Donald Trump in or, yeah, or okay. whoever runs in 2020. One can only assume he's going to try again. I've heard he might not, but we don't well, know. That's all speculation. Knock on wood. Um, but I think that there will be a, you know, a, a feeling that you know we should throw like the complete opposite person up as our like next choice as democrats i know we'll get to this so i won't go too much into this but i feel like personally that would be a mistake i agree sort of and that's the podcast folks thanks for listening yep we finally found something we agree <laughs> actually we agree on a lot of things um yeah it's really 2018 has been an interesting year. 2016, people made a lot of, I don't want to say jokes, but kind of jokes about how 2016 was like the worst year ever. A lot of celebrities lost their lives in 2016. My my mom pointed out, and I will say that she's probably right about this, more celebrities didn't die in 2016. It's just that it was more publicized because of the internet and because it was happening, and so we were noticing it. Um, but it was yeah. kind of like a tough year. Um and I think we all thought, like, okay, just get through 2016. Um, and with this particular president, 
things have gotten worse. And I think one thing that I've struggled with as someone who, like, does try to understand the other side in terms of, like, conservatives and stuff, there were a lot of conservative senators and representatives that I expected to have more integrity or to have more character to stand up against Donald Trump um, than did. A lot of, like, Republican senators and representatives are kind of just Mm -hmm. going along with the things they know are wrong. I think John McCain did a good job of standing up against Donald Trump. Not perfectly. But, yeah, I think I'm surprised by that and a little disappointed. Um, And it does make it harder to kind of say, like, both sides are kind of reasonable when one side is supporting someone like Donald Trump. Yeah, John McCain was definitely an interesting case, I feel like. You know, way back when and when we were young and innocent. And naive. Uh, John McCain seemed like so not the person that we should choose. Yeah. And then recently, you know, relatively recently, it was like, "Mm, I take John McCain over our current option any day of the week. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Same thing with Mitt Romney. I mean, I would take Mitt Romney over Trump, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I wouldn't take Mitt Romney over Bernie or Hillary. Yeah, but me neither. Yeah, it is interesting to say, like, yeah. wow, McCain and Romney both ran for president at the time. Yeah. It was like, no, the worst like, possible Yeah, thing. look at and, them. They're awful. Look at those awful human beings. Well, yeah. not awful human beings. Just look at the platforms they stand for. Look at their awful platforms, um, to clarify. Correct. I think voting I think more young people will vote. Young people are famous for not voting. It's not just millennials. Every generation, when they've been young people, have not voted. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've seen a lot of Instagram and YouTube celebrities kind of pushing for people to vote. Taylor Swift did her Instagram post, which we talked about last week. Yeah, again, what a weird world we live in. What a weird world. Taylor Swift is our voting role model. <laughs> What's interesting, though, too, I know. I listened to your last podcast. A lot of people have a lot of feelings about Taylor Swift. No, I think... Sorry. No, it's you're allowed to. I think she, I think it's great. I think she should. If you have a platform... Use it. Use it. I think she should have been doing it all along. Oh, you know, yeah. Um, But it's better that she's doing it now before the midterms I than, like, after the midterms or, like, yeah, whatever. It's better um, now. She's... I'm glad that she spoke up. Yeah. And another thing that she did on Instagram after she did that whole post telling people to like register and everything is that she asked her followers to tag her in selfies that they posted of themselves mm-hmm. voting. Early voting has opened cool. in a lot of states. So a lot of folks are voting. Also absentee people can vote. Um, mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots. All sorts of ways. And so I've started following Taylor Swift on Instagram. And I've been watching her Instagram story, and it's like 20 to 25 stories a day that she of first-time voters and young voters and um, people that, that might have not otherwise cared to vote. Um, voting in states like Tennessee and Georgia and Texas, where Taylor Swift mm-hmm. has a pretty big following. So I'm interested to see, like, I don't know if there will be any way to really say you you know, with an actual study, like, this is the impact Taylor Swift had. But it'll be interesting to see what happens in those states. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, not a great silver lining, but a silver lining. Yeah, a silver lining nonetheless. Um, I'm interested in the Bethel O'Rourke, um, Ted Cruz election that's going on in Texas right now. Um, I really want to make a Zodiac killer joke, but... yeah. Well, that you're allowed like a... to. I don't fully understand that joke, maybe because I avoid scary things so often. Oh. Have you seen Seven? No. Oh, is that the one where um, Brad Pitt finds a head? What's in, a... in the box? Yeah, yeah. And it's the uh, goop lady's head. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Are you, you should gonna... watch the movie. Are you gonna redo it? Can I be the head? <laughs> Can I please be Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> in your next episode? TBD. Okay. Watch out for that collab. Coming soon. Uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I really want Bethel to win. What Senate race are you following closely? 
if any, in 2018? Or not Senate, what race, what do you care about in 2018? On November 6th, when we're watching the results come in live. Okay, so on November 6th, what am I going to care about? Um, personally, at this point, what I know best are the local yeah. Uh, my own local, so right, Oregon's so. state's results and yeah, whatnot. Um, we have a gubernatorial um, election do, going I on. love that word. You know, no candidate is perfect Fair. in any scenario, in any world. But New Bueller? Really? Hmm. Hmm. First of all, my favorite New Bueller ad. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lots of people don't live in Oregon. I'm going to do the whole ad for you. Oh, <laughs> you, you don't need it. to live in Oregon to appreciate Newt. this. He is, is running for... It's, it's Newt because it's K-N-U-T-E. Okay, so Newt Bueller is the Republican candidate Correct. for governor of Oregon right yes, now. Yes, who started as the independent person and then became the Republican person when everyone was like, you're not independent. You are staunchly Republican. Okay. Anyway, so my favorite Newt Bueller ad... <clears throat> I saw this on Hulu a lot before I switched to Hulu without commercials, by the way. Well worth the money. Anyway, so not I saw this. Not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored, but Hulu, if you want to collab. Uh, my hair and Newt ad was one in which Newt wife is on camera because you know how they do that thing where it's like, oh, look, Newt a family man. There's his wife. And, you know, I don't know. She, I think I could probably do the whole thing by heart. But anyway, you know, Newt and I met in medical school and blah, 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 blah. We raised two beautiful children together. Us versus them. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I've only ever had Hulu without commercials. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, wow. <laughs> okay, so you're saying that. In a political ad. Right after she talked about her kids. Newt Bueller's wife looks into the camera two eyes into the camera and says we raised two beautiful children together us versus them with just about that amount of emphasis and the first time i saw that i wished this was the first time ever i wish i could rewind a hulu ad because i was like you what that did not just happen because i wasn't paying attention to doing dishes or whatever i then you know you as with all Hulu ads, you see it like a million times in a row, like that ad for Rover too. I, okay, I'm getting off track. Okay, so yeah, the new Bueller ad, us versus them. And then she goes on to talk about, you know, his plans and his he's going to be a great, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. That was a very terrible choice. What? A phrase. Okay. Okay. Need to unpack that? I haven't <laughs> seen this ad. Um, Link will be it. Not a <laughs> What I do know about Newt Bueller is that he refused to give a statement to two local papers. Mm -hmm. um, Street Roots, right? Street Roots and the Portland Mercury. Mm -hmm. Um, Street Roots is a newspaper that's run by folks who are houseless as a way for them to make money. They sell it on the street. You can buy it for a dollar. I think it's a really cool thing. it's really cool that it, is, that it exists. It's not cool that he did not comment for it. That's exactly correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't Teamwork. seen that ad. Um, based on what you saw, would you surmise that she's saying we raised two beautiful children, us versus them, insofar as she and Newt versus the children? Yes. It's an interesting. That's interesting. And it's interesting to me because a couple of weeks ago we did a podcast about moral languages. We did. Uh, you did. Yeah. I wasn't there. <laughs> you weren't there. Anyways, okay. A few weeks ago, we did an episode on moral languages, right? So we talked about how authority is a moral language that is more common in conservative belief systems. Yeah. It's a general statement, but it tends to be true. Um, tends to be true in this case. Am I right? Y- yeah. Because, so, okay, so I think let's let's stipulate this. Newt, Newt Bueller was never going to get your vote. <laughs> I mean, even without the ad, yeah, no, he was not going to get my vote. The Republican candidate for governor was never going to get your vote. No. Okay, so his ad wasn't for you. It was fun. Definitely not for me. But not for you. No. In some households, 
and more conservative households to be sure, the concept of an us versus them relationship between parents and children isn't as kind of like bonkers as it feels to you in the type of household that you grew up in. Um, it's, it's just so interesting to me to see these different ads because they speak these specific languages that, um, man, us versus them. Yeah, I think what, what stood out to me, I mean, partly it was like just the thought of that being a parental style is foreign to me, to put it mildly. Uh, but I think what stood out to me was like in a political ad campaign when you only have like 30 seconds to a minute to say everything that you want to say about yourself as a candidate and or regardless well yeah but you know regardless of who's actually saying it like okay so what stood out to me was not necessarily just the the parenting style it was that when you are limited by so few words the words you say matter and they have to carry almost like a double meaning right like you it's like literally what they mean is she and you raised two beautiful children us versus them the parents versus the children but like also what that says is this is newt bueller's way of dealing with people who are below him in position of power this Correct. is newt bueller's way of dealing with conflict as well so you're like it's trying to show what the ad writers were thinking was like this is something that's like highlighting like this is something we want to highlight about newt bueller it's like look at how he approaches people that he's going to govern us versus them yeah and regardless of like if i had seen that or if i had heard that line from anybody's political ad regardless of what party they stand for i don't understand how anyone could hear that and be like yeah that sounds good yeah i'll take that us versus them because in an us versus them scenario when it's a candidate saying it you are always going to be the them (laughs) And, like, who wants to be the them that the us is fighting against? You're trying to pick someone who's going to speak for you, not someone who's going to be us versus them. Sure. I found that to be very surprising. I would say the us versus them mentality is strong. And in the unfortunate uh, bomb scares that have been going around right now, that is bred from an us versus them mentality, right? From the idea of like, um, and so I think a lot of people that are voting for someone that has like a strong man kind of, kind of thing are, are thinking they're, I agree with you that the candidate is always going to be the us and you're always going to be the them. But I think some individuals who are voting for those candidates believe that they're going to be part of the us and they're going to be fighting the them, which are the people hoping for change in in the world um yeah like you 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 could see it for sure as like us meaning republicans and them meaning democrats i just think it's interesting how how polarized not just the people have gotten and again like i don't really know right i mean we were pretty polarized in 2000 when al gore won the popular vote and the supreme court gave the presidency to george bush um so I'm going to defer to anyone who is old enough to remember, like, Reagan and and stuff like that to say if we're more polarized than we have been. Um, I've seen folks who are old enough to remember that on the news and on different TV shows talking about how they feel like we're more polarized than we have been. Um, but besides just the people, I feel like the candidates are becoming more polarized. Um, to your point about, like, should we put the most liberal, progressive, left-wing candidate up against Trump or whomever in 2020? Yeah, let's talk about 2020. Yeah, let's talk about 2020. Let's talk about 2020. Because I am torn. I think after watching 2016, as a person who's not the most liberal left-wing person on the planet, maybe a more left-wing candidate would win because all the more moderate Democrats will be, listen, this is how biased I am, but it's like, will be level-headed enough to vote for the very left-wing candidate. Whereas, like, it was already proven in 2016 that the very left-wing people won't vote for the more moderate candidate. But that's unreasonable because that's my own bias of saying, like, I think I would be level-headed. And so then, of course, everyone like me would be level-headed. That's 100% not the case. Also, I'm not level-headed. 
Um, Can we hold this podcast on his head? Can I ask you a question? Please. If you had to pick one at, at the state of the world as it is now, with the people that you have to choose from now, who would you pick as the presidential and vice presidential candidate of choice for 2020? I will answer this question. Do you already have an answer to this in your head? Because yes. I don't want to impact your answer. You won't. Okay, good. So, we don't know for sure who's going to run. Okay. It's speculated who's going to no, run. No, yeah. As the state of the world is now, from As what we you are know right now, now from what I know, you have on no idea. Everybody's run. still fine and healthy and happy come 2020. Well, as happy as we are now. <laughs> well, I can Who assure you, you that pick? there's no one that I'm going to, that there's nobody in my top list who's old enough that I would be worried about if they're still healthy in 2020. It's very revealing. Can we have your candidates, please? Um, Kamala Harris is my number one. Mm. I will vote for Kamala Harris. If she runs, she has my vote in the primary and in the general full stop. Um, my second choice for president would be Kirsten Gillibrand from New York. Mm. Um, I think she would be an excellent choice. I used to be a big fan of Elizabeth Warren, but I've got I'm kind of frustrated with what she did around her native heritage and so I'm not feeling great about her right now. I think in terms of a vice um running alongside Kamala, I could see um someone like Cory Booker. He's not my favorite, but I think he'd be a good running mate in terms of like a political choice to get votes. Um I think Bernie would also get a lot of votes as her vice. He wouldn't be my preference, but um he would make an okay vice president. Hillary? I'm kidding. I don't want Hillary to run in 2020. <laughs> I don't want Hillary or Bernie to run in 2020 for the yeah. same reason, which is that we had enough divisiveness around the two of them that I think yeah. they both need to take a step back and let other folks run. I actually agree with you. Neither one of the two of them are in my picks either. Who are your picks? So this may be a divisive comment. <clears throat> well, but... this whole podcast is divisive. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm definitely open to accepting whatever happens but my picks at the moment in the current state of the world would be biden and harris kamala harris correct why would that be divisive i wish that i so my picks are not just like in an ideal world where everybody votes the way i would vote these are the people that i want my picks are in the world where we live in now, having seen how the Democratic Party has voted and having seen how the Republican Party has voted, who I think has the best chance of, as a combo, beating whoever the Republicans put up, be it Trump or somebody else. And that's why I would say Biden or Harris. As like a human being, I would love to see a woman be president. <laughs> I would love that. But in you know sort of the similar vein of like why i didn't like want to just also blindly support hillary for being a woman my like my own personal utopia of equality means that you have to look at everyone as their merits and not just like say you know like as a woman i'm going to vote for you as like two blank slates i'm going to vote for the woman over the man every time because that also is not equality equality is like looking at people for their merits and picking them so i don't know if biden's even going to run i don't know but i think in terms of picking someone who's closest out of the top people that we have now in the democratic party to like bridge the gap which i know i've said before but i think that's the direction personally that we should move towards he is kind of like that all-american everyman you know what i mean like he is a old white man, which <laughs> is he's an all American everyman great. who's um gets away with a lot of inappropriate statements and handsiness that I don't think a Republican candidate would get away with. I think the Democratic Party would call a Republican candidate out on a lot of the things that Joe Biden does. Um, but I think Joe Biden has somehow become like a grandpa figure to the Democratic Party that people are supporting him. I Joe Biden's politics are probably in line with the things that I believe. Um I think he is going to be more moderate than 
some of the kind of like even Elizabeth Warren and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. If it came to the general, I would vote for Joe Biden. Um, but I want candidates who are held to a higher standard. So I wouldn't vote for a woman just because they're a woman. Kamala Harris has done some amazing things. Absolutely. She's, she's really outspoken too about bail reform, which I think I even mentioned like in a different podcast too, because I think it's really important. We'll do a whole episode about that. Um, I like what she does. I like who she is. Yeah, I think, I mean, she's an amazing... I'm nervous about the way the Republican Party would tear her down in terms of being, like, a person of color. Mm -hmm. Um, To my knowledge, she doesn't have kids, which is not a big deal, but I think people could use that against her. She's a woman. Um, She's in an interracial marriage. She's married to a white man. None of these things matter, but they will matter. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think, like, politically, I mean, Biden has more of a history of being, like, the supporter of unions. And I don't know. I mean, I think that's that's where I, like, that's where the, you know, the American everyman kind of comes from is that, like, I feel like his his background and his family situation and, like, all of that is very much, like, closer to the moderate line than any of the other democratic candidates not to say that like again in my ideal world where everybody votes my way that's who i would want because i you know i do agree with you i think that we could probably do better (laughs) well this is a divisive thing i'm gonna say and i'm gonna say it anyways joe biden is the all-american white everyman yes i don't think that's divisive i i think that's like it his story and his history and the things that he would fight for are specifically geared towards either accidentally or intentionally white folks i think kamala harris would do more for people of color so i guess what i'm trying to say is like i i think that exactly what you're saying joe biden is like yes the white all-american he's like the white man's dream of like success in america or whatever that like whole american dream thing is like very much joe biden and i will vote for joe biden if it comes to that in the general election yeah which is i think what most democrats would feel like like wish we could have had somebody else but like it's come to this and we're not going to make the same mistake twice so one would hope and then i think having having harris's uh vice president would be I wouldn't want really her as a vice president contrast. because I think vice presidents don't do very much. They're not important enough uh, <laughs> compared to what I think Kamala Harris could do for this country. I would rather she be a senator than a vice president. I think we can agree uh, anybody but Trump 2020. Yeah. That's where we are. I think there's hope. I am a big fan. I, I'm a big fan of voting I, and yes. doing your political duty but i think there is some level too where you have to like focus on your local situation and try and improve your local situation yes and there's also a facet of it that's focusing on the present and what you can do now i hope that you've registered to vote there are some states where um you can register in person on november 6th when you go in to vote Mm. um if you go to not at dinnerpodcast.com we do have a link there so you can find your polling place so that if you do need to go vote, uh, you haven't done an absentee ballot or early voting, um, you can do that. There's also a link on there to what states do have early voting. So if you're worried that you might ha- not have the time off on November 6th, uh, it's a Tuesday, so maybe you're working or whatever it is, you can check that out, see if there's options for early voting in your state. Um, so that's all on the website. Yeah, this was great. It's great to talk about the future and the hope that things will change. But I think right now those midterms it's where it's at get at them vote um yeah that's gonna be it for this one then thanks molly yeah happy to be here thanks for having me um so we talked about your youtube channel yeah you know that little thing link to that is on the website i have watched every episode of your youtube i have really really enjoying your your episodes i've learned a lot thank you um I like the redoing of the scenes, even though I haven't seen all the movies you're doing. I tried to show them first, so if you haven't seen them, it's okay. So the first one you did was Vertigo. Yeah. Really, really good. Check that episode out. Thank you. On the website. It's all there. 
Where else can we find you on the internet? Um, you know, I exist in various Google searches. Um, you can find me on Instagram though. Um, my Instagram is my name just inverted. So Benjamin Sun Molly at Benjamin Sun Molly. I have a website too. <laughs> I do. I have a website too. Benjamin Sun Um, great. Well, thank you so much for coming and hanging out and talking about politics with me for, yeah. for an hour. Thanks and, for having me. So um, happy to be here. We'll do it again sometime. Maybe I'll have you back on closer to uh, 2020. Well, great. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find us online on Instagram and Twitter, not at dinner podcast, or on the website, not at dinnerpodcast.com. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast and listening to our first guest. We have plenty more coming out. We'll see you next Monday. Have a great day. <laughs>